So uh, that what we just heard was comedian, British comedian, Jim Davison doing a bit about uh, Chalky White, a character he has called Chalky White. And what would you make of his character, Scott Kalanico, of Chalky White? <laughs> well, I would say I'm not, you know, not trying to you know, get too edgy here or anything. I'd say it's a little racist. Yeah, I think it's very racist. He's doing a racist stereotype, which fits into part two of our podcast on racist British comedians here on Comedy History 101. Where we school you in comedy. Once again, I am Harmon Leon, and with me, of course, is Scott Kalanico. How are you, Scott? I'm pretty good. Not too bad, Harmon. I'm ready to get racist. We're ready to get racist part two. Right, oh, part two. That's right. Part two. <laughs> ready to get more racier. Yeah. Racier. To recap, in our last episode, let's go over through the highlights, Scott. We, we talked about British comedian Roy Chubby Brown, who we think is the most racist of all British comedians. I'm down the package job yesterday, and I know this is not politically correct. So, sorry, it's... Comedians, we, we, we dove into Bernard Manning. They think they're English because they're born here. That means if a dog's born in a stable, it's a fucking horse, is it? <laughs> who, who is just as racist and actually looks like a racist. And the whole point is, uh, Britain has a long history of not only racist comedians, but also racist TV shows. So the show, there's a show called Till Death Do Us Part, which is basically where they took... Um, all in the family. All, all in the family comes from. And that was kind of, this is around the same time. Well, this is like 68, 69. And that was like kind of the same thing where you had, I'm the crazy, you know, racist guy who says crazy things that was on TV. You know, and then, you know, you were like, oh, we're just making fun of these guys. But at the same time, it was kind of giving a voice to these kind of things. Kevin O'Grady. Howdy, dude. Hello, sailor. <laughs> Kevin O. Not Kevin O'Who, Kevin O'Grady. He's Irish. Patty Paddy. And what part of Ireland are you from then? Burnt Cork. Well, it's a hard one to judge because, you know, that's essentially Archie Bunker. Who would be that? Exactly. But you, you know full well 
that you, they were satirizing that and just make you know making it appear as stupid as possible. So it wasn't giving a voice to that. And and funny you mentioned that uh, again. If we jumped ahead to modern times, um, we have comedians like Al Murray, the pub landlord, who is a being a racist character, but he's so you know over the top with it. You know he's uh, you know a, a person satirizing racist pub landlords rather than being a pub landlord. It's much more complicated the fact that the French only really want to work till they're 52, only really want to work till Thursday lunchtime and expect the rest of us to fucking pay for it. No, it's much more complicated than that. It's much more complicated the fact that Italy is basically one giant money laundering scheme. It's much more complicated. It's much more complicated the fact that half of Spain is asleep and the other half hasn't got a fucking job. It's much more complicated than that. But he actually said that um, he would actually get people coming to his shows sometimes that were taking it at face value. Yeah. They, they and not seeing the satire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so they, they would not, yeah, they wouldn't get it. Because it is, yeah, it is over the top. He's wearing a, he's wearing a, um, you know, a, British, a Union Jack, you know, belt buckle and, and the whole thing. But yeah, people kind of miss the point sometimes, you know. Yeah, Bill uh, Maher has to, a Bill Maher yeah. has a feature on his show um, called uh, uh, "Jokes Explained for Idiots." <laughs> you know, whenever there's something like uh, you know, whenever the right jumps on something that they're actually saying as irony or, or satirizing and taking it again mm-hmm. at face value. But uh, to to um, but not at face value. I mean, I mean, like our last gentleman, Jim Davidson. Oh, see, he's another one. I would, I would say he is second of the worst of them. We're like what we're saying is Bernard Manning. He looks like a big, girthy, bloated, yeah, he looks, racist. He looks, he looks like a racist. Yeah. The only thing we knew about him, he had two assholes. He said, "How do you mean?" He said, "Every pub we went to, they used to say, is that fuck you with them two assholes.'" He, he, does. he's just always smoking and he's just yeah. overweight and just he's physically big, yeah. looks just like a, a diehard racist. Jim Davison is like a face of respectability. Uh, he looked right, like, yeah, and like he a, hosted like tons of TV shows, um, like all through like the eighties and, and like our friend John, he's just said he grew up around, uh, Jim Davison where, you know, he on a surface, looks like a respectable TV presenter and deep down, you know, he's just, he's basically, if you read a lot about Jim Davison, he's just kind of a horrible human being all around. Yeah. So he got, in, he kind of got his start, like his big kind of, he was around, like you were saying, he was around for a while, but he had a character yeah. uh, called, <laughs> called Chalky White, which was a, uh, a West Indian man that he would do uh, jokes and material about like, uh, Old Chalky driving around the neighborhood with his bobbleheads in his car and things like that. And uh, got so far as to even, um, he had a Chalky White Christmas song that he, that Jim tried to make it out of the charts with in 1980 with. And if you could drop a little bit of that in there, Harmon. So not only did I listen to the Chalky White's uh, Christmas song, uh, which, yeah, 1980, where he's doing just a bad 
Jamaican accent. It's not even good. It's just a bad one, yeah. Yeah, so Chalky actually made it on to BBC's One Seaside Special in 1977. Uh, so it's Jim Davidson doing a West Indies character, and it caused such a public uproar um, that I, I believe the episode was pulled. The stage described Jim A- Davidson's act as crude racist jokes. <laughs> so basically, you can't really find the chalky routines anymore. There are on <laughs> YouTube a, a, a bit, but uh, yeah. recently, um, uh, Jim Davidson. So he, I guess you know he pulled it. He doesn't really do the chalky character, which is you know essentially uh, a, a blackface lost, type character. Lost to comedy history. Well, yeah, he doesn't do it, but in the last few years, he uh, Jim Davidson was on Pierce Morgan's show, and he defended the Chalky character. What is there to apologise? When the BBC apologise for the black and white minstrel show every time they go on air, I'll apologise too. But you said earlier that you regret Chalky White, which was that crude Jamaican well, stereotype. I can't apologise. But you, but you regret, but you who don't... Who do I apologise to? Ask Max Clifford that. He knows everything. Who do I apologise to? People I've upset. Well... You know, write to me the people I'm upset, and I'll write back. But don't put stupid things on the internet saying oh, that's choppy. Oh, I see. So you I can't wait, have mental people. You, you're happy to apologise to individuals who've been offended, but yeah, rather sure. it's pointless issuing a broad apology. Well, okay. A broad apology. Okay, I'll apologise now to anybody in the world I've upset. Done. Let's move on. Yeah. So basically, he doesn't do the chalky character anymore. The chalky white character, as. Jim Davison coined it, uh, but he still defends it to this day. Well, he was lovable. That's what he said. That's what Jim said. He was. He said, <laughs> "I was. Try, I was trying to do one stupid black West Indian accident and always making this guy lovable and the winner. That's the thing. He was always a winner. <laughs> so then it's then okay. Jim, yeah, and then but then Jim Davison went on to win the Celebrity Big Brother. In um, 2014. Yeah, so he defended it. Oh, here's what he said. I believe it was on the Pierce Morgan uh, podcast. He said, there was cartoon racism in them days. It was the type of stuff you do in front of a load of black people. So, again, that's like the old, uh, no, it's like what Bernard Manning said uh, when he had, he was talking about uh, his uh Pakistani neighbor, he's like, no, he would think these jokes are funny. The, The Pakistani that lives next door to me, He's a doctor, and he's a very clever man, and we're good friends. He wouldn't take offence at that. He'd laugh his bollocks. So it's okay. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a doctor. It's all right. Yeah, so anyway, Jim Davison, I I believe it was 2014, went on to win Celebrity Big Brother. Um, But he's, outside of the racist field... um, He's also been. He also gave his wife a black eye. He punched his yeah. wife, and a he's a little bit of that. And what yeah, else? And a little bit of a, a little bit of a sex scandal <laughs> erupted before his uh, big brother. He was pulled for a little bit, and then he went. Oh, he was arrested in 2013, a, d- a day before the contestants were unveiled <laughs> for so somebody big brother. He was replaced by former footballer footballer Neil Razor Ruddick. But then I guess he went back on after uh, he denied the allegations and went, went back on the show. What were the allegations? Was it like a Me Too Bill Cosby moment or, or what? Yeah, it was like it was like just a sex. Um, uh, oh, <laughs> allegations dating back more than twenty years, somehow involving the Falkland Islands. What? <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't, and okay, hold on, let me. The quote is: 
from BBC is, in December, the Attorney General of the Falkland Islands confirmed that 60-year-old would not be prosecuted for an alleged sex offense from the 1980s. So, there was um, some kind of sex offense in the Falkland Islands. Maybe it was during the war. Maybe it was. <laughs> wow. Maybe he was on the tour over there. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, maybe a comedy tour. Whatnot. Yeah, so he was a comedian in 1980s when the Falkland yeah. Wars were taking yeah. place. So, you know, um, I guess the point being uh, not a nice human being. Hey everyone, before we get back to the podcast, just wanted to give a shout out to our newest sponsor, WordsOverChair.com. WordsOverChair is a full-service creative agency with offices in Brooklyn and Edinburgh that specializes in amazing storytelling, motion graphics, archival footage, all with a flair for humor. And the best part about WordsOverChair.com, you already like us. That's because Words Over Chair is run by yours truly, Harmon, along with my co-host, Scott Colonico. You might have seen our work on websites like Vice, The Atlantic, Vanity Fair, Timeline, and many others. Want to make something boring? Fine, do it yourself. Want to make something cool? Get in touch with us. Wordsoverchair.com I have a couple of runners up. If we wanted to, um, if we have time to mention them. We always have time to mention runners-up. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, I just want to um, also, here's an interesting uh, racist term that's not, wasn't ever big in the States, but over in the UK. WOG is a slang word for... um, uh, Italian ethnic people, yeah. Great. No, no, that was no, no. It was just so it's an. Exp- it, hold on, wait. Let me read the Wikipedia entry. Yeah, it's Wog actually Wikipedia. they use that in um, Australia, and it's um, yeah. That's there where was it comes a movie from, yeah. called Wog Boy, um, yeah, so which is Greek, to, this Greek comedian starred in it. Right. Yeah. So it's basically everyone who's not white, but more specifically, even people from Southern Europe and the Mediterranean region. So that's kind of where that comes from because that kind of will pop up some shows but there's a couple runners up i wanted to mention but these are you know kind of a couple of favorites around here was surprising enough but uh-huh. uh, first of all uh, spike milligan we all know from the goon show and producer monty python right and uh, he actually starred in 1969 started in a show called on the bb it was on bbc it was on uh, on the beeb uh, no it was on it was on granada tv he started a show called Curry and Chips, in which uh, he played a Pakistani guy um, in uh, blackface or brownface, as the case would be, who was coming over to the UK to working in a joke shop. Don't want to worry about him. He's walk mad. Oh no, he's right. There are far too many walk in this country. <laughs> I leave Pakistan because there are far too many walk there. <laughs> so I come to England, and there are still too many walk. That's your one. Oh no, I'm Irish. Mick, red face Mick, the gotta be Jesus. I, I saw I saw the opening credits of Korean yeah, chips. That's, so that's so that is interesting. I mean, it was just it's trying to point out the foibles between the UK people and the Pakistani immigrants who were like, who were starting to come over in a big way because of the wars and stuff going on there. But right. it was just odd having Spike Milligan play, play, play the uh, Pakistani guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, you know, in the obvious, Irish. Uh, obviously, put Patrick. a Pakistani actor. 
actor in the role. Yes, and his name is Patrick O'Leary. So that's the whole kind of joke there. Um, also, oddly enough, the show was co-written by one of the guys who did To Death Do Us Part one. Mm-hmm. And then also another one I just want to bring up was um, Peter Sellers. If you've ever seen the movie The Party, uh, Peter Sellers plays... Petey Num Num. Birdie Num Num. Birdie Num Num, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still... Still funny to this day, but he is a little racist in that he's in brownface again playing um, an Indian fellow uh, at at a party. Having the birdie num-nums. He's waiting for more num-num. All gone. Num-num is gone. Yeah, I mean... I, yeah, it's, it, that's that's a weird one because that is a very funny movie, but yeah, that's uh, you know that is yeah, very bizarre that that's you know it wouldn't happen today. Yeah, I mean, and you don't want to be like the guys going. It was a different era. It was a different era, yeah. and defend yeah, it. Yeah, it kind of stre- <laughs> stretches that to not to go down too far. That's a whole another podcast, but not to go down too far in this. But that's covered as a documentary in the states called uh, "The Problem with Apu." Where they're talking about, you know, ah, yeah. uh, the representation of um, South, uh, what would you say, South Indians, South um, Asians, South Asians, in the uh, you know, in the light of the media. So that's uh, like we said, that is worthy enough for another podcast. But just to kind of touch on those two representations, as long as we're talking about racist British British comedians, and I mean, the thing is, I mean, it's always like, is it racist? Is it not racist? I would say. Um, the interesting thing about I know Peter Sellers and I think Spike Milligan too mm-hmm. uh, either grew up part of their lives in India or Pakistan or the subcontinent, so they actually had you know connection to the culture and they knew of what they were being as we would say racist about. So it wasn't like a horrible, horrible afraid of the other. You know, right? So I would think I would say in their case it was more of a you know. We're familiar with this, and we're we're trying to not make light of it, but you know there are some funny things here. So, so it's no chalky white. No, no chalky white. It's a little different because I bet I would. But is there is there a difference? Really, (laughs) it was different era, and I would I would say yes. I would say Jim Davidson probably had never been to the West Indies, or he'd probably been there, but he probably went to a Sandals Resort and got all, all inclusive. And never right. Been. So where does this all lead to? So what, what, with this whole Northern Men's Working Club circuit that, that fostered comedians Bernard Manning, Jim Davison, um, Roy Chubby Brown, where, where did this all lead? And where does it lead into modern England is, well, uh, so this was a mainstream uh, a mainstay in British comedy and around the 1980s um, up came like comedians like Alexi Sales, Ben Elton, uh, Rick Mail, and they formed, which is again another podcast, they formed what in Britain was called alternative comedy which was right, essentially an alternative to the working meds club circuit of stand-up comedy which you know fostered what we know of as modern comedy in Britain today. Which is very, again, it's very liberal and, uh, you know, again, you know, very PC and, you know, it, it developed, you know, that type of humor and comedians. And yeah, I, mean, like I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say PC. I think I just would say more inclusive, more, you know, open to, you know, because you got Alexi Sale, you know, Russian 
uh, I believe, Jewish fellow, you know, doing this kind of crazy, fun comedy. Uh, notice, by the way, I don't say Great Britain, you know, because I think that's a really weird imperialistic concept, Great Britain, you know. I mean, nobody says bloody brilliant France, do they? <laughs> or not bad Italy. <laughs> Stupid, isn't it? I mean, it can't be that great, you know, three million unemployed and the country being run by a lunatic, you know. That's <laughs> He's a socialist, uh, Alexis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a a hardcore socialist. Yeah, and just doing this kind of more, just kind of, uh, um, you know, absurd comedy. Whereas, like the the work in like you know the Jim these guys, Jim Davidson, Toby Brown, Bernard Mann. These guys appeal to the working people, especially you know around the seventy. You know, Thatcher, coal mines getting close. Yeah, who were afraid afraid of what was happening to the country at the time. Um, echoes of modern Trump era America, <laughs> much like what might be happening to people. So wearing. let's just say, let's just say, uh, Donald Trump is the Bernard Manning of America. <laughs> he's, no, he's no, he's the Roy, Roy Chubby Brown. Because everybody thinks he's all like wacky guy. Look at me, I'm wearing a wacky Make America Great hat again. Don't worry about me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and playing to, you know, the, I'm going to bring the cold jobs back and mm-hmm. we're not going to bring in any immigrants to take yep. your jobs. And, you More. know, it's, it's it is there are parallels to that type of comedy and what. Uh, it, more parallels in, in, into what these comedians were appealing to and how they're appealing to their audience in the same way that Trump appeals to his main core of hardened supporters. Right. I, I'm behind that 100%. And then bring it full back around to Roseanne. So what, after you know all we've discussed, what, what do you think the parallels are to why Roseanne got fired to why these comedians in Britain, you know, have decade-long careers by saying things that are way worse than what she said in her tweet. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, I think I think because while I was reading, I think people are just not willing to let things get as far anymore. I think I know. I believe I just read an article, and I believe the one of the major execs. I think it did at Disney, which owns ABC, right, is uh, the one of the first African American women uh, major executives, and like mm-hmm. you know, it just, it just, it was just kind of yeah. No, this, this, <laughs> this isn't happening, you know. And which I think, you know, I applaud. You got, that, and that's the whole thing. You have to, you have to start. People just start talking weird, crazy shit. You know that's just not acceptable by the public. You just know. You just know. Okay, bye. And you know it it's actually was a pretty brave decision on their part because yeah, it was, it was a hit show. Was, it was making their company it was a money. Hit show. It was making yeah. tons of money, which I think is really interesting, showing you how you know the media landscape has changed. Even though you've got the political landscape in America going one way, you've got the media landscape going this other way and saying, yeah, no, we're not we're not gonna let that happen. Yeah, usually if you're a star of a hit TV show, they'll you'll you'll get a pass, you know, because it's basically yeah, Or if you're the head or if you're head of a studio making lots of movies that win Oscars, you know, you mm, get, and you're you're you raping women. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean there's you there's parallels passes, to that. Is like, yeah, there's no more, you know, passes to these people doing just horrible things and it has to go extreme before things just sort of level out and normalize and just people just respectfully, you know, 
treat one another in the way that they should be treated. But it also has to do with Trump America because have, things have gone extreme because of Trump. And it's like, I guess if you're on the liberal side and you're looking at, okay, this is being normalized. We're, you know, a big star of a hit TV show sending out a racist tweet. If we don't, fu- if we don't do anything and we don't fire her, we have normalized that. And Trump has normalized a lot of just horrible rhetoric, rhetoric and actions. Uh, and from the left, you know, again, we were kind of passive that we let Trump in office that now was time that we have to reevaluate that and, you know, take some action. Yeah, but, but that's the interesting thing is like why – so why is like not just the entertainment – because the entertainment industry is a business. And even right. though this business is big, why are, they, why are they reaching the point where they're going, no, you can't do this, whereas, you know, the politicians – you know, Trump family and whatever can get away. They can get away with you know. They get they get a, the they get a mulligan. Yeah, they, yeah. Well, they can get away with like, grabbing by the pussy. My son's meeting with the Russian. You know, why is that okay? You know, I I, I, I said I'm never going to take golf vacations. I've yet I've taken. I mean, I mean More that's one of the half. things. I mean, that's the, that's the thing that like even people who are Trump supporters go. Okay, you can go. Okay, he was like, I'm not going to take vacations. Okay, well look. Okay, here's a fact. We cannot argue this fact. This is yeah. not an alternative fact. This is how many days of vacation he's taken playing golf. Is that the president he voted for? I mean, well, I mean, the e- easy answer to that. Cool. Easy answer to that, and that answer is uh, he's a big stupid liar pants. Yeah, he is. Or she is. <laughs> he's a liar, liar. And you know what? You know what I smell, Harmon? What's that? I, sm- I smell somebody's pants on fire. There we go. But I think I think we pretty well we pretty well covered like uh, the the history of racist British comedians, all stemming from parallels to Roseanne and the Roseanne controversy. Which means it's time for listener mail. <laughs> all right. What, what do we got? What do we got? And uh, we really appreciate the emails. We appreciate the comments on iTunes. We appreciate the uh, listener feedback. And not only that, uh, we appreciate it so much that if you leave a comment or send us an email, we will read it on the air. And not only that, uh, we will also send you a copy of my new book, Meet the Deplorables, Infiltrating Trump America. We will send it to you via ebook. And with that, yeah. Scott... Would you like to read our listener mail? Right. I just wanted to emphasize you can tweet to us at Words Over Chair, which is te- just temporary. We'll be, we'll be fixing that. We'll be rebranding soon, but that's where you can reach us right now. Um, and where can they drop emails to, Harmon? Oh, at wordsoverchair.com, our, our, yeah, you our can, website, you can, our company you, website. Yeah. You can leave our website at wordsovercherry.com. Yeah, you can just drop us an email through the contact form. Don't worry. We'll be rebranding soon. This is all going to be one slick branded website, so don't worry about that. But that's where you can reach us right now, wordsoverchair.com. Yeah, and we've got a great one from Nick 101 who uh, left us a comment, uh, left us a, uh, a mail about our uh, Party Records episode. Ah, what did he say? Okay, well, let me see. Uh, just finished the Party Record podcast on YouTube. Great job. Oh, somebody listened to it on the podcast on YouTube. Very nice. Thank oh, you, Oh, another Nick, outlet Nick. for you people yeah. to listen to. Yeah. Right. Uh, great <laughs> job. I actually love all the Laugh records. He's talking about a record label. Uh, they're, so ne- they're so unique. Leroy, <laughs> Le- Leroy Skillet and Lawanda. Nearly the entire catalog is, 
is available somewhere or another on various websites. I have a bunch of, of the MP3s of Richard and Willie, too. Those were the, the uh, ventriloquist guys, right? Yeah, Richard and Willie were great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he even he says here, I subscribe to your channel. That was great. Thank you. Thank you a lot, McNick and 101, and be sure to get in contact with us, and we'll be sure to mail you a copy of Harmon's latest book, Meet the Deplorables. On ebook form. On ebook form. <laughs> and with that, it's time to plug away. Scott, what do you have to plug? Um, well, as usual, uh, we've got our presidential podcast. Uh, this is the president. Uh, this week, we'll be talking about President Trump, Korea versus Nixon and China. So, kind of trying to keep up with the current events here now. And you can find that on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Last FM, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Ah, very nice indeed. And once again, we want to thank you people for tuning in. Thanks a lot, and bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101.